hopefully you can all hear us okay on LinkedIn. Please pop a little hello and uh, thumbs up if you can hear us in the comment section. Uh, this is the next instalment of my Smooth Accounting podcast. And today I am so excited because I've got Ryan Lisk with me from Hybrid Legal, um, who is uh, my trademark expert and should be the world's trademark expert. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Good morning, everyone. And thank you so much, Jerry, for inviting me on this morning. Apologies for my voice. It's, um, yeah, a little bit coarse at the moment, but I, I promise I'm not hungover. <laughs> you might want to go for a drink after this just to uh, get over it, but I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, so today we're going to talk all about trademarks and go through uh, some common questions that people want to know the answers to. Hopefully we will get some questions in the uh, in the comment section. So anybody listening, if you've got any questions at all for Ryan, please pop them in the comment section and uh, we will get round to those and we will, we will answer them for you. I'm saying we. <laughs> Ryan will answer them for you. <laughs> I will ask them. Ryan will answer. <laughs> so um, before we kind of get into it all, I'm sure everybody wants to know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this this field of work. Sure, thank you, Jerry. So um, so I'm, I'm Ryan from Hybrid Legal. I started Hybrid uh, just over eight years ago now. Can you believe that? Um, how that time's flown. And I say, can you believe that? Because I actually met Jerry when I first started out, when it was just an idea. And uh, it's lovely to be sat with Jerry eight years later, you know, both of us with, you know, businesses that were growing and, uh, you know, the reason why I started Hybrid was to offer businesses, particularly SMEs, uh, the ability to use legal services that are nice and clear, easy to understand, and fundamentally at a price that's fixed and very transparent. Um, you know, so that was my goal. And eight years later, you know, we're, we're doing really well with that now. And we have some great businesses. So, um, so yeah. Oh, I just cannot believe it's been eight years. I've, I literally can remember the meeting in my office where I used to work, where I was employed. I think we'd met at a networking event or something. And then we said, oh, we'll get a coffee and we'll have a catch up. And then you said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start this, this law firm. I'm going to start Hybrid Legal. And, you know, and yeah, to think that that was eight years ago is just absolutely mad. Like, yeah, I mean, I had a proper baby face then. I had no, no beard. <laughs> Yeah, we're both a bit younger then, um, but it's fine. <laughs> um, so great. So I obviously have used hybrid myself for smooth to get the trademark. So I just wanted to tell everybody a little bit about that process because I honestly think, and and, and speaking from experience, that people think, oh, I can just do it myself, and it's really straightforward, and you just go online. And and I genuinely was going to do that. Um, and I'm so glad I didn't <laughs> for so many reasons. Um, I obviously didn't have Smooth as a name at the point that I contacted you. I just said, look, I want to rebrand. I'm thinking about trademarking, obviously, before I do that um, so that I don't struggle you know, further down the line. And the last thing I wanted to do was go through the whole rigmarole of rebranding and then find out that actually someone else is already using that or trademarked that or whatever. So I came to see Ryan with three ideas. Smooth wasn't one of them. I came with you, to you with three ideas and you said, look, give me three names, didn't you? Do, is that the sort of thing you always do with clients? Like, just give me a few and I'll do the background checks or does it depend? 
Yeah, it, it does depend. But I think if it's a client that's trying to come up with a complete new brand, what I'll say to them is, look, you know, you can go away and do a little bit of homework yourself to begin with before you spend any money with me. And, and that homework is, you know, try and come up with a brand and do some basic checks, such as give it a Google, look on Google, see what's coming up, see if you can get the domain name, have a look at social media, see if it's available on there. But fundamentally, you're looking out for any businesses that are going to be similar to what you're going to be offering under that name. If you spot another business that's using that name, go on to the next name on your shortlist so you filter it down. Um, yeah. So in your case, Jerry, we got down to three, didn't we? We did, and I was like, here's three, and I knew which one was my favourite, um, which I'm happy to tell everyone. So I'd, I wanted it to be Buzz Accounting, B-U-Z-Z, -Z, Buzz Accounting. So I remember I came to the meeting, sat down, and you said, you know, which one's your favourite out of the three? And I was like, Buzz, and you said, okay, try not to get your hopes up. <laughs> I think that was your way of like just letting me down gently because <laughs> I was like, oh. And then obviously you presented the report on the three names, but Buzz, the issue being that Buzzacott is a very well-established, massive accountancy practice with the trademark UK, I think even Europe they had as well. Um, and that was just an absolute no. And I just didn't, again, naive, but I just didn't realise, you know, I'm like, there's no Buzz accounting. I've looked, Buzz Accounting's available at Companies House. There's no website Buzz Accounting. I can't see any other firms. But, and again, I think that is so important for people to understand this. It's not just an exact, it doesn't have to be an exact match if it's close enough that people would, well, you, you explain this because I'm not going to explain it right. <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, for when it comes down to looking at what you need in order to register a trademark, there's three fundamental points that you need to make sure you can tick. The first one is your name can't be descriptive of what it is that you're going to be selling in connection with that name. So in your world, Buzz wasn't descriptive of accounting services, bookkeeping and tax advisory services. Mm -hmm. The next step is looking at, is it a particular name that's commonly used in your industry? So, you know, a good example, if you're a plumbing business and you want to call your plumbing business watertight plumbing, we all know that watertight is a commonly used term in the plumbing industry to describe the outcome of what that plumber has just done for you. He's made it all watertight yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so you can't protect a particular name that's commonly used. And for you, buzz wasn't commonly used. The big problem was the third point, which is it cannot be similar or identical to another trademark that's already been registered. And, and when we look at that, we're looking at, you know, visually verbally when you pronounce it you know are there similarities there and um, when we were looking at that earlier trademark that you made reference to earlier Jerry we thought actually there's a bit of a risk here that they could raise their hand to say not happy with that but yeah so uh, and, and a good example with um, you know verbal similarity so Cadbury's the chocolate brand you know major brand and uh, another chocolate bar manufacturer tried to register the word Caprice so Caprice like the singer and Cadbury okay. were able to actually prevent that trademark from going through and because of the verbal pronunciation of it. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it can be a bit of a minefield. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I learned so much from doing the process of trademarking. Like, you know, I'm so glad I didn't do it myself because, you know, little things like you, when, when you eventually 
registered smooth for me. It was smooth in plain text and not the smooth accounting logo, which naturally I would have trademarked my, what I think is my brand in that smooth accounting purple and white trademark, um, logo, sorry. And so just to backtrack a little bit, we didn't go for buzz, obviously, for that reason. And then thought about it some more, came up with some more ideas, eventually went with smooth. And when I approached you and I was like, I've got a new name, (laughs) please tell me this one's okay. You know, you had a couple of reservations, I think, about it. Um, Well, actually one, one reservation, I would say. And that was that it could be descriptive of accountancy services. You know, would people describe their accountancy services as smooth? Perhaps they might. You know, it was a really smooth accounting process or whatever. So you said, like, we can try, but it possibly won't get accepted. And you you were, I think... would you say you were 50-50 on it or were you more 60-40? I I never, I always want to uh, under-promise and over-deliver. So um, with, I think with your one, it it could have gone either way. And, and this is the challenging thing with, with trademarks. So you, you apply to register your trademark with the UK intellectual property office in this country. So they're very much like company's house. And it depends on the examiner on the day in some cases in terms of how they're going to interpret it you know so you'll have an examiner will look at the application and we've had some examiners in the past that have allowed a trademark that we've said to the client look best of luck with this we think you're taking a pun here and they've allowed it to go through and then other marks at times where we we thought actually it's probably a good chance and actually the examiner has disputed it we've eventually got it through but, yep. uh, but sometimes we look at, obviously, the way that they uh, they come up with their decisions and sometimes yes. it's a challenge. So, but I mean, fair play to you for wanting to take the punt because it's worked out really well for you. And, yeah, it really has. Yeah. And, and, and again, another thing I didn't realise and I probably would have got wrong is I would have trademarked smooth accounting and you said, no, we're going to trademark smooth, the word smooth and I just wouldn't have thought, I would have thought my business of course smooth accounting said that's what I'll trademark. But so much more protection in in just trademarking the word smooth because stopping anybody from trading as smooth in the sectors that I obviously have protected being like the accounting related ones. Um, and also using it in their logo. So it's 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 both and I and I wouldn't have known to just, just trademark smooth. I would have done smooth accounting if I'd done it on my own. Yeah, and, and, and that's a really good point in terms of where it pays to take advice from, from somebody that does it for a living rather than taking a punt yourself. Uh, that's not to say that if you have a go yourself, it won't work, because in some cases... Oh, no. But it might. <laughs> obviously, obviously, in your case, um, I remember talking to you about your overall vision and where you wanted to go with the business. And uh, the most dominant part of the name undoubtedly is smooth. Accounting is just generic. It's just the description of what it is that you're doing. You know, whereas smooth, that's the dominant part of the name. So the fact that we've got that protected, that gives you lots of avenues to go down now within the classes that we've protected your trademark on, and most notably property accounting, bookkeeping, tax advisory. Um, and I would say the same really for anyone listening. Have a look at your name and look at really what is the most important part of the name. Um, it might be, um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a, a very distinctive local brand. Um, I think on the spot. Yeah, it's it's impossible. Just, you know, have, have, a, have a look at your name and you'll be able to identify really what's the most distinctive part of that name. Because if you've got a part of your name which just describes 
the goods or the services that you supply, I would almost disregard that and focus purely on, you know, the distinctive part of it and look at protecting that. So it gives you a much wider range of protection. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was it was such an interesting pro- process and I learned so much. And I remember where I was when you phoned me to tell me that, that the trademark had been accepted. Um, I was in a cab in London I was I was away for like the weekend or something and you phoned me and I was like oh Ryan's phoned me and I was like and you said do you want the good news or the bad news and I said bad and you said the bad news is you're gonna have to uh uh, continue with the with the name all, all that's involved in changing your name now and the good news is that it's been accepted and you were like I can't believe it you know like I really thought we might struggle with that but yeah, it's got through. So, yay. And the rest is history. <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, another point that you that you mentioned just a moment ago was was obviously, you know, if you'd have done it yourself, you would have just trademarked your logo. And and that's that's quite a common misconception. Um, you know, a lot of people when they do their own trademark applications, they'll just upload a copy of their logo and they'll think that brilliant, that's me done. What that's actually protecting is it's just protecting your particular logo. That's it. It's protecting the visual design of that logo, the layout, the style. You might have a particular font that you've used, a particular icon within your logo. It's that visual representation that you're protecting when you trademark a logo. Mm. Whereas when you actually look at plain text, like what we've done for your trademark, for Smooth, uh, you're now protected uh, in your industry so if somebody else wants to enter the market and use smooth but in a completely different color palette and in a completely different logo to yours but they're fundamentally offering the same service as you we can go after them whereas if it was just for your logo they could argue that actually technically you know our logo and color palette is completely different you don't have exclusivity to smooth you've just got smooth as part of a logo device um challenge me you know so it's eliminated that risk for you which is good and that's why i always recommend to clients if we can get away with getting plain text brilliant sometimes we can't do it if the name's really descriptive so if the client has got a name that describes what they do or it's quite commonly used in the industry that's where i recommend looking at a logo device as a fallback option it's not the best solution but it is an option something i suppose yeah and also if in fairness if if their particular logo is really distinctive so if they're you know a fashion brand like the nike swoosh for example or adidas you know or you know that they could be selling anything where their particular device is very important to their business it acts as a badge of origin then that's absolutely a good reason to just protect the logo in itself yes of course Yeah, yeah yeah cool and and that leads me nicely on to um uh, an issue I found myself with um, when a, a well-known company who shall remain nameless uh, approached me and said that my logo, so it wasn't an issue with, it wasn't an issue with my name, but my logo was basically passing off as their logo um, because of the similar colour pattern basically and, and font and everything. Uh, obviously panic stations <laughs> and I phoned you oh my god Ryan what are we gonna do I'm gonna have to change my whole company name and everything um, and this company I would just like to point out is is totally unrelated to accounts or tax or anything uh, even similar to anything that I do 
totally, totally different industry. So we went back and, and said, you know, being a bit cheeky, um, you know, you're in a totally different industry. Um, I think they had the copyright, was it? Or was it the trademark for the, they had the, no, they had the trademark. Yeah, so what they had, they had a registered trademark, but their issue was with just how close a match the visual similarity was. That was it, yeah, they, yeah. A little bit concerned that that their customer base and your customer base would be confused as to the source. I think they were thinking that some of their customers would be thinking that they've now branched out into the world of accounting. Um, so that 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 was their concern, and um, and obviously we we looked at it, didn't we? And we actually came up with a very good compromise with them. Very good compromise, which was because originally my logo, which I mean to be fair, my logo has. Has I have different colour variants of my logo anyway. So I often I I originally had white on a purple background, which is what they had an issue with. I also had purple on a white background. I've got white on a black background, and the other way around. I've got it in various different formats. You know, I've got a grey hoodie on um, here, so I've got purple and grey. Um, so we we did we agreed. Look, I'm a very very small business in comparison. Um, we're in totally non competing. I think you said non competing industries. Um, let's not be ridiculous <laughs> okay um i'll i'll i won't use the white writing on a purple background anymore i'll switch it around and i'll use purple on a white background which they were fine with and it was a good outcome i was i was very happy with the outcome i just didn't want to have to change my branding and you know i i guess it was very frustrating for me because and again i think this is where people don't always understand i think well i've got a trademark so they can't do anything but it's not that black and white you know, it isn't. It's it's there's loads of different elements of it. Like yes, I've got a trademark, but they also have a trademark for the logo. <laughs> so you know, it's um. But the colours were different, and you know, I th- I thought the colours were different, and the the design of the logo was different. So we ended up with a good compromise on that. But it was, and and when you sort of did my my letter reply, it was like actually we've also got the trademark in our industry and you know we were quite firm but fair i thought with our reply and i think that's important and i think um the reason why we were able to to get the result that we wanted was because we we listened to all of their concerns and we addressed them and we compromised where it was necessary and uh, and we were firm in areas where we had some good strengths I think where some people go wrong with their negotiation, particularly if they receive a cease and desist in the post, when they read it, they think, oh, my God, you know, that's horrendous. And it goes into fight or flight mode. And it's yeah, yeah. So they go into flight mode, bury their head in the sand. Yeah. That's where it's, it's not a good place to be. You know, either take advice or have a chat with the person that sends it over to you. Um, yeah. I would always recommend taking advice, of course. But um, yeah but it's always worth talking it out because usually what they're claiming for in the letter in certainly in my experience over the years, isn't what the end result is. You know, we usually, sometimes it's a chest beating exercise. It's all scary, but then when you actually dig into it and have a chat, you can often make compromises and the other side will make some concessions for you as well, depending on how that conversation goes. So um, it's, I think there's a saying, isn't there, you know, you can catch more wasps with honey than you can vinegar. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and that's the thing. I, I think I got the letter and just freaked out. Well, I did, and thought it was the worst thing in the world. And you were like, "It's actually quite a nice letter. I've seen really, I've seen you know, cease and desist. You've got seven days. Take everything down, and that's it." And it wasn't. It was actually you know, given their dues, I thought it was quite a a sort of reasonable letter in, in hindsight because <laughs> I didn't have to change my brand. In hindsight, I thought it was a reasonable letter. Um, so. Yeah, so that was a great a great result and I was very, very happy. But it just shows that, you know, you're not always 100% protected and you do need to think about how you respond. And like, like you said, you know, get some advice. Like, don't just say nothing and also don't go back going mental. Like, just sort of, you know, take some advice and go from there, um, which is exactly what I did with the next scenario that happened. <laughs> I feel like everything just happens to me. Is this just me, Ryan? Do other people have all these things that is... <laughs> Do other companies go through these things? It's just just smooth. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm just pleased I must have chose a good brand because, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have these problems. But um, I got sent a message from someone who thought they'd seen me post in a Facebook group as Smooth Accountancy. I have to get this right. So I'm Smooth Accounting. Yeah. So there was this Smooth Accountancy and she said, oh, is this you? And I said, no, that's not me. Who the hell is that? <laughs> so after some digging, found out that this company was trading as Smooth Accountancy and had very recently changed to, to Smooth Accountancy like a few months prior. So again, got on the phone to Ryan. He was probably like, what is it now? <laughs> I was like, drama number two. Um, and you put me in touch with Dion uh, in your in your team, who was amazing. And very long story short, because I'm sure not, no one wants every single element of what happened, but we went a little bit around the houses. This particular chap, I phoned him originally just to say, you know, I've got the trademark. And he said, so have I. So that phone call was very short. And I just said, look, you know, you'll hear off my solicitor. Um, it turned out he was trading smooth feathers for a while. When I say trading as, it wasn't public. There wasn't like, you know, he had a website page, but nobody could see it because we certainly didn't find anything about anyone trading as Smooth. It wasn't on Google or any, you know, he doesn't come up on Google or anything like that. But he did have Smooth Feathers as a limited company from like 2014. Um, when speaking to Dion, he said, you know, you've got to have goodwill. You can't just say that it's your name. Um, you know, you you have goodwill in your in your brand and he ended up dealing with the chap and we we ended up settling further down the line on he can go back to smooth feathers but he absolutely cannot be smooth accountancy that was almost identical yeah that's right and uh, and you know we've ended up with the result that we wanted which is good and i think the other side are happy as well with how that was handled which is key as well yeah, yeah. and we agreed they would transfer the trademark to me because they did actually manage to, and that's another thing like they managed to trademark smooth accountancy which I just thought, how can that happen when I've got the trademark for smooth, you know? But unfortunately, it can happen. It's rare. It is quite rare for that to happen. But uh, but it can happen. Um, yeah. But the good news is we managed to get it resolved, which uh, which is a good result. So, But I've seen it go the other way where, I mean, an example that always sticks to my mind was, um, you know, during the earlier years of hybrid and... I remember it was an owner of a digital agency that, that came to me and said, right, Ryan, I've just received this cease and desist. I'm a bit nervous about this because I've got no idea about trademark law. I really like my current brand. 
I'm really well indexed on Google. The last three years, I've built up a big presence locally under this name, and I don't want to lose my search rankings um, because I'm selling SEO services and pay-per-click services. It's going to be a bit of a kick if um, I can't say to prospective clients that I'm not myself on a decent page of Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what can we do? And I remember going through the letter and sadly they had him banged to rights. You know, there, there wasn't really any wiggle room. They had a registered trademark in place. They'd had it in place. I think at the time it was about nine or 10 years. And there was lots of evidence that they were using it, albeit up north, still in the UK, but up north. He was based down in the south. And uh, I said to him, right, we've, we've got a couple of options here. Um, they're obviously saying to you that you need to cease and desist and deliver up all infringing content within the next 28 days and change your brand. Um, that's obviously a tight time frame for you to just completely change your brand, let all of your clients know and get your new website up and running. So we need to play for a bit of time here and negotiate yeah. to see if they're willing to sell the trademark to you so we can get it assigned or alternatively we can look at potentially a license from them so you have the legal permission to use it down here um, okay. subject to the terms that they're happy to agree to and that you're happy to agree to um, or the third option which is unlikely is a coexistence um, yeah. based on this letter I don't think that's going to happen no. the fourth option is say uh, you really do start thinking about a new name and you take it as a learning curve and uh, we'll make sure that your next name that you choose is protected and locked down from the start yeah. so uh, we tried on the assignment in terms of buying the name from them they were not interested in that. They were not interested in licensing and they very much stood firm and said, look, we'll give your client a bit of breathing space to change, but you know, we do have him back to rights, got to change your name. And he was devastated. I think, you know, I've, I've seen some bad reactions in meetings, you know, over the years when I've had to break the news to someone that somebody else has got a trademark and it's going to be tricky to get it. Um, or it's just not trademarkable uh, and and it does hit them quite hard but this particular chap he was devastated and that was quite hard um but the, the good news is he got through it he did get through it and now you know he prefers his current brand to that yeah yeah, yeah. so you know it's always the way isn't it in the moment it feels horrendous but yeah but it is a name, so... Um, it is. Yeah. It all works out in the end. And I, because I remember with trying to get this other company to stop using Smooth Accountancy, you know, they said, well, you leave you leave me alone. I already had Smooth smooth Feathers. You know, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. And uh, Dion was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> My client is very, very protective of her brand and has a huge amount of goodwill. And you have literally changed your name in the last few months. Being, bearing in mind, I've had Smooth for over two years now um you know this is which is relatively new in terms of trademarks but still in comparison you've you're piggybacking on my you know dion said to him you are piggybacking on my client's goodwill you've changed your name in the last few months to be almost identical to a um, reasonably successful well-known brand in the in the area sort of thing and they weren't that far away either way either in terms of geographically so you know it was good it was really good to have you guys on my side and to have Dion you know picking the phone up to this guy and saying you need to get some legal advice you know my client is not backing down it, she's not going to back down you know and he was he was amazing he was proper like and he was very you know straight with me he said it's not 
it's not that black and white in this case because he did have smooth feathers but he also didn't have any goodwill so you know he said it, it's not as ideal as I would have liked it to be I would have liked him to have not ever have had smooth anything uh, but you know and you don't want to go to court it's not worth it from from a financial perspective um we want to avoid going to court if we have to um so it was just yeah it was a great outcome again um for for us and being able to keep smooth as a brand and everything um and and one thing that i learned through that process was about unregistered rights so can you just tell everybody a little bit about the difference between unregistered rights and trademarks please Sure. Yeah, no, great, great question. And um, so essentially two types of trademark, registered trademarks, which, you know, you have to file at the UK Intellectual Property Office. Those three key requirements that I mentioned earlier will apply there. For unregistered trademarks, everyone has one of those essentially is probably an easy way of saying it. So um, if you haven't yet registered your business name or your particular brand as a trademark, don't worry too much because you do have unregistered trademark rights. The downside to unregistered trademark rights compared to a registered trademark is you haven't got a central register to point to, to say, there's my trademark. This is the date I filed it, the date it was registered. And these are all of the areas I've got my trademark covered under because you've got 45 different classes of goods and services to choose from. So yeah. It makes it nice and easy to see the scope of your trademark. You don't have that luxury with an unregistered trademark. Instead, if you spot somebody else using your name that isn't yet registered as a trademark, you have to rely firstly on the fact that you were indeed the first person to start using it and that you've got goodwill in that particular name. Goodwill in itself, I mean, you'll know this, Jerry, as an accountant, it can be quite a tricky one actually to, to value goodwill. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So therein lies some of your expense already. Um, the next one is there needs to be a misrepresentation. So you need to prove that the other person that's using your unregistered trademark is using it, you know, in a, in a similar context to the way that you're using your unregistered trademark. So they're selling similar services or products yeah. and it's causing confusion in the marketplace, you know, so people are becoming confused. And that leads on to the third requirement, which is causing damage to your brand. It might be financial damage, it might be reputational damage, but you need to be able to pinpoint the actual damage that it's causing, which again, yeah. can be really tricky. Um, so, uh, and that's really where an unregistered trademark, whilst you don't have to pay the fees for registering it at the outset, you know, you can just wing it and, uh, and just hope that you don't have to enforce it you do usually have to invest quite a lot for an action of what we call passing off. So passing off is, is the action for enforcing an unregistered trademark. When you want to enforce a registered trademark, that's a trademark infringement claim, essentially. Right, okay. Whereas with an unregistered trademark, you'd be looking at the common law rights of passing off. And, uh, and it's quite tricky. The burden of proof is higher. It's, uh, it's just generally a more complex area compared to trademark infringement. So um, obviously both can be complex, but my, my number one piece of advice to anyone listening is if you can get a registered trademark, do it. It's a no brainer. You don't have to use me. You can use, you know, a firm that you already use um, speak to an expert, but certainly, you know, get it registered if you can take advice on whether it can be registered as well, because that can often save you quite a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing as well. It's, you know, people will check the trademark register and go, oh, great. No one's got it. I'm going to register my trademark, you know, and 
and then someone comes along that's just been trading as that but hasn't registered it and can could arguably could have that trademark removed yeah so uh, it's again that's quite a tricky one to do but it can be done mm. so yeah it's, so uh, it's, it's quite straightforward it's just registering you do need to have a, a detailed look at the market for sure. yeah and so unregistered rights important need to be checked as well don't just be checking and seeing there's no trademark and going oh i'll have that one <laughs> Great. Um, I'm just going to have a little check in with Luke and see if we've got any questions in the comments. Oh, we have quite a few. Are you ready for this? <laughs> um, yeah, go on ahead. Your study books out. No, I'm joking. Um, okay, so first one, or the last one's come in. Williamson. From Callum Williamson, we have your question. What happens if someone trademarks a shorthand version for a word, but, for has, a word, a trades, but has a wide variation of trades listed under the trademark? Listed under the trademark. But does, does not currently trade in any of the businesses. But does not currently trade in any of the businesses. Does that make sense, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lovely first question. Thank you, Callum, as well, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I, I would, uh, I mean, I'll have to have a detailed think about that, but just shooting from the hip, I would say that we, if I've understood that question correctly, it's a shorthand version of a particular name in an industry. It sounds like the name is already trademarked because he's made reference to uh, some particular industries that it might be protected under. It goes back to the, the really easy principles of, is it descriptive in the context of how it's going to be used? You know, so that particular shorthand version of the name, is that, you know, shorthand for a descriptive term of what it's doing? And is it commonly used in the industry? Those are the two things that I would look at. And that's the area that I would assess it under along with is it already registered you know so somebody already but if they got it through i think what he might be referring to is like for example if i've got smooth yeah. and i've just picked 10 categories and just gone yeah trademark, trademark, trademark smooth and i'm not actually trading any of those companies but i've just trademarked them all got it so what you have there is somebody that's obviously sitting on the trademark uh, and what you can do there is you can apply to get that trademark revoked now the bad news is for revocation you usually have to wait five years for that particular trademark to be in place before you can challenge it on the grounds that you don't believe it's being used properly in accordance with the classes that it's been secured under so uh, for Callum I would say have a look at the date that that trademarking question was registered if it's five years or more you could be looking at a potential revocation action there to actually get that pulled so uh, but great I'm, that's really interesting yeah no, that's fine but Callum um, you know if, if that doesn't answer your question or if you'd like to hear more just connect with me I'm very happy to have a chat with you about that amazing love that question thanks Callum right next one is the next one as long <laughs> I'm not very good at remembering this <laughs> they're all quite long okay we'll do we'll do sentence at a time sentence at a time this is from Leander Leander how do you deal with someone who has copied your name Celtic bookkeeping an accountancy is trademarked they have set up as Celtic accountancy 
Okay, how do you deal with someone that has copied your name? Celtic accounting and bookkeeping is trademarked and someone is set up as Celtic accountancy. accountancy. So Celtic accountants and bookkeepers is trademarked. Trademarks, great news, um, because bookkeeping and accounting are very much, you could argue, similar industry, if not an identical industry, really. They work alongside one another. It's financial services in a way, isn't it? So, it is. And I would say that uh, it's highly likely that consumers will be confused between bookkeeping and accounting. It's a bit like setting up smooth bookkeeping. Yeah. I'd be fuming. <laughs> I'd be fuming. I'd be straight on the phone to Dion. Dion. Yes. Dion. Yeah. Sort out. Yeah. Go after them. Uh, Go so, after them. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would say that that's certainly worth looking into in terms of uh, having a chat with the person that's using it against the trademark. I'm, I'm assuming um, that person is the trademark owner. If that person is the trademark owner, I would definitely be considering making that other party aware of the trademark rights that they hold. And I would yeah. give them the opportunity to change their name um, before you take further advice. So yeah. Always go in nicely to start with, I think. Yeah. Just the right way to do things. 100%, yeah. And it's more cost effective as well. You don't always yeah. need to No, you just need to be reasonable and say, come on, you know, you're using the exact same name. So Leander, if you want, um, any advice or help with that then connect with Ryan um, I've tagged him in my post connect with him send him a DM um, I'll also put all of Ryan's email address and details as well on this um, post later but yeah just connect with him on LinkedIn and um, get a bit of advice on that next one Luke yes, uh, just come in from Alex Wilkins uh, hi Jerry and Ryan can you trademark a place name example portsmouth accountancy services or southampton legal um just fyi you can't trademark portsmouth accountancy or southampton legal because me and ryan will go mental <laughs> but just a, as a generic question then right. over to you ryan to answer right. that <laughs> uh, humor there so thank you alex for, um, <laughs> yeah thanks alex uh yeah no you've you've you can't trademark places, unfortunately. Oh, I, I had I this with um, with a client a few weeks ago. Um, he wanted to protect a particular candle brand from a particular area, and I said the problem that you have there is if you if you put the shoe on the other foot, you've now got a trademark for Portsmouth accountants. The problem that you now have is people like Jerry and others that are based in Portsmouth will not be able to refer to their business as. Portsmouth accountants because they're going to be in fear of infringing on your trademark rights and that from a competition perspective is really unfair so um so yeah it's a slippery slope when you start looking at you know territories and using that as a name so the short answer would be no you could argue that Hampshire County Council is registered as a trademark but that's a public body uh okay good I did not know that I'm learning so much um great thank you alex great question uh next one please luke it's from paul clark uh, i have a client who'd like to trademark his company in his own name and then rent it back to the company increasing over three years with the option of selling it back to the company with a 10-year inflated cost could he do this and trigger the entrepreneur relief 
Well, that's a bit of a, an accounting question. I'm, I wasn't prepared for that. This is this is yeah. Ryan's in the seat. <laughs> legal perspective, um, how you would do that, and we we see this quite a lot actually. Um, you know, and particularly when you look at large organisations like Facebook and Google, you'll find that a lot of their intellectual property sits in an offshore company or in a holding company. And the holding company will then have a license agreement with the subsidiaries, which will deal with the licensing of intellectual property. Um, in, Paul's, in Paul's case, it sounds like his client wants to hold the trademark in his personal name or via his own particular personal service company, yep. or whatever it is he's got. That's fine, as long as he has got a license in place with obviously yep. the other company. Uh, and he's, he's discussed that with the board as well. So there isn't a conflict of interest. There's no secret profit. Um, as long as that's all minuted and the company's happy to take a license from him and his other company, fine. But from a tax perspective, I'm going to throw that ball straight to you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, just quickly on that, do you guys deal with licensing agreements and stuff um, as well as all? Yeah. Amazing. Do a sign licensing. Yeah. Excellent. Because um, um, I might need that. I might, need that. I might be moving my... IP into my holding company. Um, in terms of the entrepreneurs relief question, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Sorry, Paul. Um, it would have to meet the requirements for entrepreneurs relief, which I think there's three. I think it has to be a trading company. So as long as it's held within a trading company and you meet the other requirements for entrepreneurs relief, certain period of ownership, two years, I think, and minimum 5% uh, holding rights, then you would get entrepreneurs relief. I need to ask one. You didn't know the answer, but you did know the answer. <laughs> it's one of those things which happens to me on a daily basis where I'm like, I sort of know, but not 100%. And that's why I have much cleverer people that work for me that do know the answer to these questions. So yeah, put me a DM, uh, Paul, with the with the question and I will get you the, the exact answer if what I've just said is a load of rubbish. <laughs> also, if people are watching this after the live has ended, again, connect with Ryan pop him you're probably gonna have loads of dms after this sorry ryan pop him a dm ask him the questions um you know book a call in it doesn't doesn't hurt to get a bit of advice um i would i would really recommend that with something as important as this um but that's good i mean we've been going for like 50 minutes now so it's, it's longer than we normally go for so that's that's great i think i think we'll start to wind it up um if there's no more sort of main questions on linkedin but for me you know smooth I wanted the intellectual property as well, just thinking that who knows what will happen in the future. I don't have any intentions of selling Smooth, but if I did want to sell it in the future, you know, you almost want it packaged up. Like, here's Smooth, here's the brand, here's a trademark, you know, here's everything. Um, and I think that's an important thing that people don't always think about is way in the future, not necessarily right now. You've made a really, really good point. I'm gutted, actually, that uh, my brain is only just triggered on this point right at the end. So for anyone, <laughs> fabulous, because this, for a lot of business owners with a big vision, this is the main driver for sorting out your IP. It's thinking about your exit. When it comes to exiting your business, your buyer is going to have their lawyers calling all over your business the lawyers are there essentially to justify the fees that they're charging your buyer. So they're there to oh, yes. find issues to drive the value down. One yeah, of yeah. the easy ones to drive the value down is if the other side's lawyers see that your company has not got itself together with its intellectual property. And that's things like trademarks, things like the copyright and having appropriate licenses in place where needed. 
It's looking at the ownership structure of your IP and making sure that it's all been packaged properly and you have a proper portfolio that's managed so you can point to it all. If you don't have that, it can be a can of worms and it, and it increases the risk for the buyer. They're thinking to themselves, right, I'm buying a business that's got no IP protection. So how do I know I'm not going to be sued for infringement if I buy this yeah. business? Um, yeah, you can have indemnities, obviously, but unfortunately, in that regard, they usually carve those out. So, um, yeah. Yeah, super important note to finish on there. Um, listen, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I've absolutely loved it. And, um, you know, it's been a pleasure working with you over the years and, and we will absolutely continue to do that. Anybody still listening, connect with Ryan on here. Um, send him a DM if you want any advice at all. I will put Ryan's contact details in the comment section as well. Um, and yeah, um, I'm, I'm just so grateful for you joining me. I know, with a sore throat. No, I know, but thank you so much. You know, it's been great to obviously just have a casual conversation with you and uh, hopefully the listeners have found it useful, you know, and the main thing is they just go away and have a think about their brand. That's the most important Absolutely. Thing. Yeah, everybody go away and have a think about your brand. Um, cool. We will we'll finish there. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And um, yeah, see you soon.